Welcome to Movies to Watch Before the End of the World. Two film buff friends decide to spend their remaining days creating and watching the ultimate movie bucket list. A podcast filled with film discussions, movie reviews, and a healthy dose of juicy celebrity gossip. Cinephiles unite. We're going to need each other. It's incredible. It's incredible. All right. If you watch the Oscars and paid attention, you would know Daniel Kaluuya just realized that life itself, it's incredible. It's incredible. That was a weird speech. (laughs) Anyways, before we even launch into it, welcome back, listeners. Hi, did you miss us? Did you miss us? Because we missed you. Yes, we did. Honestly, like, it was weird not having an episode. It was weird. Yeah, it just felt really strange and it threw off my entire schedule. I felt incomplete. It is 11.30 Eastern Standard Time on <laughs> April 25th, which means we just finished watching the Oscars. Yes. It is the perfect day for the Oscars because it's not too hot, not too cold, just good enough weather for a light jacket. Absolutely. It was perfect. <laughs> yeah. So Mitha and I decided we kind of pushed when we were recording so that this could be, we could have some great talk before mm-hmm. our discussion of our movie and here we are, very late at night in our time zone, but super excited to talk about this Oscars. So, Mita? So, so excited. So, okay, I just so, want to start this go. off with saying, like, I, ha- a couple days ago, I suggested, what if we did the Oscars as a separate yeah. episode? And you thought, would we have much to talk about? Well, Nadim. <laughs> <laughs> I think we have to talk about the biggest thing first. What's your biggest thing? Uh, the Chadwick Boseman lost. Yes. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. Let's that's just insane. talk about that first and foremost because. W- <laughs> okay. Wait. First was... of all, why did they leave Best Actor to the last category? So yeah, which I I, I hate that. I think Best yeah. Picture should always be how you f- end it, regardless that's of whether it's like a, it, that's the whole point of it. And I think they did it. They producers thought Chadwick Boseman was going to win, and when his white wife accepted, she would give a really like emotional speech. That did not happen. It's it's just I'm I know I'm shooketh. This okay. is live. So like let's, let's discuss. Chadwick Boseman was the given. Like when the Oscar season started, it was essentially like he's going to win. Everyone yeah. kind of thought that that was going to be the given thing. He won everything. Mm-hmm. So. For him to lose the Academy Award at this point was bizarre. It's bizarre, but also I think it it's telling based on some of the other winners too, because there were some surprises here. Yeah, there were some ones where I was like, "Really? Like that? That's happening?" Yeah. And so I think it's telling of like this Academy, but just so shocking because he had it in the bag. He won all the precursors. So let's it is talk a about strong performance. But is it is the it, best? Isn't Anthony Hopkins actually better though? Yeah. Like, like, let's just be honest. <laughs> Chadwick Boseman was, would have all, if let's, let's say he hadn't passed away. He would have always been in the conversation. I don't think he would have won though for that performance. If he That's hadn't fair. passed and if his wife hadn't given her, her acceptance speech at the Golden Globes was very moving. And I think that like that it set the tone for it. It was, it was a very moving speech and she was very mm-hmm. emotional and like, but I don't think that he would have won if he had been alive. I think it was a good performance in an okay movie, whereas Anthony Hopkins gave a great performance in a very good movie. 
This is true. I just like, I don't know what to, sometimes the Oscars, I'm like, oh yeah, like it's so predictable. I know what's going to happen. Yeah, and then you, and have, then... you have this where it's just like, oh, okay. Like this is not what I was thinking at all. And like, I just felt like this whole ending was very anticlimactic. Like, very, yeah. Because so, Anthony so, Hopkins didn't show up. Exactly. Because he didn't show up. So there's no acceptance speech or anything. But like, aside from having an anticlimactic ending, I liked a lot of the things that they were doing in the show. Like, I liked that opening scene. It felt like a Steven Soderbergh movie. Yeah, and I thought, it like, did. That, the credits what a nice very, yeah. spin on the award show to have someone who has such, like, a distinct, na- like, uh, What's style. the word I'm looking for? Style to how yeah. he does things. It's like, you can tell that it's him. And then I was thinking, I was like, wouldn't a Regina King, Steven Soderbergh movie be so good? So good. So good. So They'd good. work so well yeah. together. <laughs> I will say that, like, this was, of all the award shows that have happened, the Oscars did it the best. Like, they managed the COVIDness and the capacity yes. and all of it. They really did do it the best. It was a little weird, but I think that was expected. Like, the small crowd, there was like 100, 200 people in that room. Mm-hmm. It what it didn't have the high octane energy of the Oscars. I'd say, like it felt yes very no. like it felt a I little was kinda, like underwhelming. I was into the like small little tables with people. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing that I found kind of off though was I think they should have done a lot more rehearsal, which they probably couldn't have done because mm-hmm. of COVID. Because sometimes these presenters, as they were presenting, were just like reading off the teleprompter way too fast. Yeah. And like weren't looking where the punctuation was, if there was any punctuation. Yeah. And so like they would be presenting an award and they would say like the movie's name is Emma and then the person's name. I was like, yeah. wait, is the person's name Emma or is the movie yeah. Emma? Like what's happening here? Yeah. And it was a, a little little bit of a mess. Yeah. In those areas. But I did think I liked like the music with it. I liked the style. I liked the art direction they went in. It wasn't just like the usual like gold and silver art deco. Like it yeah. was a lot more poppier and fun. <laughs> gold, silver, black, white art deco. Yeah. That's that's the Oscars. That's it, that's it. Yeah. But these were a lot more fun to look at. They were. And I, I, I really did like how they made it work. I wouldn't want more of this, though, I'll say. Like, I want a return to the Oscars as I expect them. I want a red there's, carpet. I there's want... elements of this I want. Yeah, there's elements yeah. of this I'd want to. I do, I, I think the overall speed was really good. Like, it did go pretty quickly. They cut out a lot of the, the fat, I think, from the telecast. And the reason mm-hmm. it went long was because they didn't cut any speeches. Yeah. Which was annoying, but I appreciate it at the same time. Because if you're going to win an Oscar, you want to have your you, moment. Yeah, but also if you're going to yeah. win an Oscar, kind of like reel your time in. Like some of those, that guy who won for best uh, foreign film, for yeah. um, that went oh, on. That and was, that, that it was very sad at the end. Yeah. And literally at the time where I was just like, wow, this is really boring. And then he started talking about his dead daughter. And I was like, oh, okay, I can't oh. say this anymore. It probably took a lot for him to like yeah. to get to that point, which is, is upsetting. But I wanted to talk to you about what I thought what I thought was the biggest shocker, but wasn't because then we had the because best Because then actor. we had a real big shock, yeah. I wanted to talk about best original screenplay. That first Oscar right that off first the Oscar, bat. Right off the bat. Not what I was. I thought for sure it was Sorkin. I thought it was going to be for Trial of Chicago 7. I'm glad it didn't. And I'm glad she won. And I think, I think when I think about it, I think the award was more for here's for a really relevant, great idea. Yeah. Executed very nicely. That's fair. Maybe not like here's the best screenplay because it wasn't. But it's not the yeah. Because <laughs> the screenplay is probably one of the weakest parts of Promising Young Woman. 
there's yeah there's a lot of holes there there's a lot of holes in it and like the carrie mulligan is spectacular the direction is actually really great it is the screenplay that kind of could should have been i think gone through another right to really like get it tight Mm -hmm. so it winning an oscar is a little funny but at the same time i think it's like here this movie deserves to be recognized so here's how we're going to recognize it it is interesting. Although what I think <laughs> really should have been where it should have won is probably Best Actress. Because you know who doesn't need a third Oscar? Frances McCormick <laughs> does not need a third. She literally had nothing to say. Because she's like, I've been up here twice before. What do I have to say yeah. now? She also, can I just say, she plays variations of a theme. Like the all same the person. time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess Fargo is a little bit. Fargo is great. Different. Don't get me wrong. I actually don't think she deserved it for three, uh, three, billing, three billboards. Three billboards. Three, bill, three billings. <laughs> yeah. Three billboards outside Ebbing, Ebbing Missouri. 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 Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was okay. I don't ever really love Frances McDormand. And that in general, I don't know how I feel about Nomadland. Either do I. <laughs> I. I don't know. And the whole time it was winning, I was like, I'm so happy for Chloe Zhao because like, she's she's asian she's a woman and it is a very it is a very well put together piece of film Mm -hmm. but part of me is like if something bigger had been here this year would you have won that's how i kind of feel with a lot of the films this year like none of them are a standout to me with nomadland in particular i've just kind of been like i would have appreciated this more if it was a documentary like i i I understand why they went with like the more fictional element of it, but there's parts of it where it's like, oh no, like these are really interesting people. Yeah. And then you've gone and hired people who do actually live in this lifestyle. Why didn't you make it a documentary? I think that's more compelling than creating this character and putting Frances McDormand through not wearing makeup, which she does all the time. So yeah, yeah. which she does constantly, all the time. All the time. That's just yeah, all the time. That's Frances McDormand, and she's a really fun, entertaining person. I think she's great, but like. Can we stop giving her Oscars? How because has Glenn Close never had an Oscar? In and her? Frances McDormand has three. And three. why didn't Viola Davis win? Carrie Mulligan? I haven't Again. seen, like, Billie Holiday yet, so I won't speak to it. But even, like, Vanessa Kirby. Like, I, if I if I take Andra Day out of it because I haven't seen the performance, I honestly think I would rate Frances McDormand as number four. Andra Day is very good in Billie Holiday. Billie Holiday is not a very good movie. <laughs> And that, that yeah. is what I, I'm waiting for you to watch it so I can okay. say my, my biggest point about it. But uh, Which is what I've heard yeah. about Andra Day <laughs> is that like she's very good in a bad movie. Yes. But yes. whereas Viola Davis is Viola Davis in a okay movie and Carrie Mulligan is good in an okay movie too. Where I the guess thing with... it, that's why Frances McDormand won because she was good in a good movie. They, I don't think Viola got it because of how little she is in the movie. Like, it's, what, only less than 20 minutes it's of her short, is actually yeah. in that movie. And then I think in terms of Carrie Mulligan, I don't feel like they did the best job in pushing her and, like, promoting her and yeah. saying, like, this is a winning performance. It wasn't until, like, she did SNL recently, but I just didn't feel like there was that drive and that push there. Like, I wasn't seeing interviews with her all the time about this. Yeah. I wasn't seeing that campaigning that you typically do see. Yeah, And then people just love when Frances McDormand doesn't wear makeup. <laughs> I don't know. It. it was very like, when she won, I was I, I, I was surprisingly disappointed by that win, I think, because I, I just expected, I, I think I just wanted something bigger. Yeah. You know, like I wanted yeah. something more. And so I don't want to turn this into a thing because I think it's great that 
Daniel Kaluuya one, and I forget her name, but the mother grandmother from Minari. Yeah, Jung Yun. Yeah, she was, and she her speech was the best of her the night. Her speech, Mr. Brad Pitt. So good. Her, <laughs> it was so good. It was so off the cuff. It was so like entertaining and sweet. It was. She like, was genuinely like surprised. Yeah, genuinely I love surprised that. and like she was charming. It was such a good speech. It's really nice yeah. that they won. But now we have two old white people winning Best Actor and Actress. But I honestly do think Anthony Hopkins was just a better, it was a better performance. It is a qu- it, he, it's a very good performance. And I watched that recently and I cried a lot. So <laughs> I, I will say it's it. very moving. It's it a very, very he's moving. very, it's a very hard movie to watch, especially if you have older parents. And he's very good in it. And I think people just assumed that Chadwick Boseman was going to win. And then he yeah. didn't. It's weird. It's a surprising Oscars, but kind of a disappointing Oscars yeah. at the same time. I think time. the movies in general were just kind of ho-hum. I'll, like, I think yeah. I'm kind of there with you on that, that like, they were okay. But I had asked you to prepare something for this small oh, yes. part So I will tell you as well. But first, there were eight Best Picture nominees. We have both seen all eight of them. Yeah. When you vote for Best Picture, you actually have to rank them. So, I want you to rank them from, let's go bottom to top. So Bottom to top. Bottom to top, yeah. Okay. So, for eighth place, I put Mank. Okay. I love David Fincher. This is not a David Fincher movie. Yeah. Like, screenplay-wise, it's not. I know why he did it. He did it for his dad, and I think that's really lovely. But this is not what you should be winning for. Um, and so, for that, I'm glad he didn't because he can do much better than that. So, I put Mank as eighth. For seventh, I had Promising Young Woman. Oh, wow. Yeah. And you know how much I wanted to love this movie. But when I think about all of these eight films together, it's just not the strongest piece that's there. And there are some really, there's a, it's, there, it's not even many great performances. It's Carrie Mulligan. She really is the it driving is force of that movie. Can I also just say when they showed the clips of the movies? I was yeah. like, they you're picked picking, the worst clip. They, you, you're picking a romantic <laughs> comedy side of this. Like, the, yeah, promising a woman has stuff to say, and you're picking this. How about the like, what do you think the, a woman's worst fear? That's yeah, the best exactly. line. The like, best why line. did you yeah. not? Yeah. Anyways, I, I do think it's a really good movie, and I think people should watch yeah. it. But is it the best movie of this year? No, I also don't think if this wasn't 2020, I don't think it would yeah. be nominated. I've said it before, I'll say it again. I'll say it again. Um, for sixth place, I have Judas and the Black Messiah, which I thought was very good, but just like kind of slow in the middle there. And like yeah. I learned a lot of things, which is really great. Um, and there's some good performances in there, but nothing like exciting and thrilling to me. Yeah. In fifth place, I had The Trial of Chicago 7. Because it's the most Aaron Sorkin movie you'll <laughs> ever watch. Some sometimes you need that though. Sometimes yeah. it's nice to to have that on. And what I will say about it is that like I still remember it, and I watched it in December, and like yeah. I can still recall it and like yeah. know that I I enjoyed watching it. It's a good Sunday movie to just like put on and have in the background. Um, and there's some lovely like Aaron Sorkin thrilling moments in there. It's very Aaron Sorkin. Um, yeah. <laughs> That was fifth. So for fourth place, I had Sound of Metal, which I watched recently. Um, Riz Ahmed is, is really good in it. Really just, like, good in it. Really good. Better than like, Chadwick Boseman. Yeah, he's just really good. <laughs> yeah. Just, oh. I also really just love him and his wife. And he was fixing his wife's hair on the red carpet tonight. And it was so cute. And I'm just really happy for him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Long live Riz Ahmed. 
That was four. Three, I had Nomadland as three. Uh. Um, because again, I, I think it's a really interesting film and something you ha- we haven't seen before. And it's a story that's never been told. But I also think that this would have been much more compelling if it was a documentary. And I actually think if it was a documentary, it could still be nominated for Best Picture. Yeah. Yeah. Number two, I had Minari. Or am I saying it wrong? I think it's Minari. Minari. Yeah. Minari, which is a, a beautiful story. Yeah. Just like, just lovely and the actors in it. And I'm like in love with the little boy. Yeah. <laughs> Minari. He's, and did you see him on the red carpet? Yeah, yeah. He has like shorts <laughs> and his Game Boy and stuff. Just super in love with that. And then for the first, I, I picked The Father, which I only watched yesterday. <laughs> but like, I was just like, no, this is this is probably the best film that I saw this year. Yeah. Okay, what are yours? So at number eight, Mank. It's interesting. Okay. There, there's some interesting things we're going to see, some parallels and some divergence here. Yeah. Because I would say Mank at number eight because it was boring. And <laughs> I hate... There's nothing worse than film history combined with real history. Yeah. Like it's, such a, it's such a boring <laughs> movie. And it's like, I think it's, it's a well-made boring film. So. Fair. Number seven, I'd say Trial of the Chicago Seven, because it's there's nothing more Aaron Sorkin than the Trial of the Chicago Seven, and I will watch it again. Like it is exactly something that you like leave on. It's the same way I feel about like Molly's Game. It's not very good as a film, and it has like some major flaws in it. But sometimes if I'm just feeling like I just want something like easy to watch, I'll pick Molly's Game to watch because yeah. there's so much still endearing about it. I stop. Before we get to the scene with Jessica Chastain and Kevin Costner on the park bench where you absolve his entire character in some like garbage scene. But I'll move on from that. That's the Aaron Sorkin of it. (laughs) That's the Aaron Sorkin of it. Number six would be Judas as well for me. Mm -hmm. I thought the beginning was incredible. I thought the end was great. I thought the middle was so slow. It really kind of like teased along for me. And I thought the music, there was a lot of really good stuff in this movie. It's a very well made movie. And I think Shaka King is someone to watch because he's going to, he's going to win an Oscar someday. This just shows kind of his not immaturity, that's not the word, but maybe like he's still a growing filmmaker. This is a very good start though. <sighs> Number 5, I'd give to Promising Young Woman because I did like it. I did mm-hmm. enjoy it. I wanted it to be so much better though, and I think it could have been. And I I think my problem is I don't think Emerald Fennel went there. All this to say, I think Promising Young could have been a better movie. Number four, I would give to Sound of Metal as well, because really good, really powerfully made. Uh, Riz Ahmed is excellent in it. Number three, I would also give to Nomadland, because it's very well made. I really like it. But also not as great as maybe it was made out to be. I think what I like about it more is how kind of gracefully Chloe talks about the state of America. Mm-hmm. like it's a very like here's it's not I'm gonna, in your face it's not in your face it's not judgmental either and it's not schl- schmaltzy it's very much like here is how people are living in this country right now do with it what yeah. you want and that's it that's all she does and whatever you feel is as a result of her just presenting information to you mm-hmm. so i really do respect that number two i would also give to minari because it's a very good film and would have been my favorite if the father hadn't been released this year the father was really good and The Father is the only movie I think I'd say I loved. I really was really impressed with The Father. Are you going to buy it? Yeah, I probably will. Yeah. I'll probably okay. buy The Father, Minari, and Promising Young Woman. 
Maybe I'll probably, buy. I'll probably buy Promising Young Woman. I'll probably buy. I'll buy The Father. I don't think I'll buy any more of them, because Chicago Seven I can just watch on Netflix. On Same Netflix. with Mank. Yeah, yeah. So I never watch, will be available. Somewhere. I'm never watching Mank again. So I mean, I might do it. Sometimes I like to watch like all of David Fincher's movies, and so in that case, I would have to watch it yeah. because it's a David Fincher movie, and also, yeah, that's why. <laughs> That's it. Oh, David Fincher. But that was the Oscars of this year. That was the Oscars. Yeah. Anything else that you wanted? Uh, I did like that there was um, an effort to like be more inclusive. Like yeah. they had Bun Bon. I can't. I don't know. Bong Joon-ho. The director. Bong Joon-ho. Um, he spoke in Korean, and they had his translator. They had Marty my Marlin. favorite part about Bong Joon-ho is his translator. Yeah, I was so when did she showed her? up, I was like so excited. <laughs> Hello, friend. <laughs> it's like, we haven't seen you in a year. We saw you so much, yeah. you know, for a brief period. And then you disappeared. But here you are back. There you go. But no, they were inclusive to everybody. And they, I, because a lot of times I feel like they're just so North American. Yeah. But this felt, this felt more broad and international. Also, why is Zendaya such a big deal? <laughs> I just you don't know. get it. I, I like her. She's fine. I don't. No, she's get why fine. She's a huge deal. I don't get why people like. I went on like while I was waiting for you to get ready. I went on the like Facebook and someone there was a whole BuzzFeed article about how like Zendaya killed the red carpet. I'm like, no, she could have run a no, brush through her hair. She looked and her dress looked like it was like Mita said from Forever Twenty One. I texted him the email. I said like her dress is from Forever Twenty One. Her styling is like terrible. Terrible. It's terrible. A, that dress is apparently Valentino, but it doesn't look like it's from Valentino. What are you doing? Yeah, yeah. I just she, don't. I think I don't get what the big deal is about her. Honestly, that dress is fine for the Golden Globes. That dress is fine for the Teen Choice Awards, the Grammys, the Grammys. If you want, you you have to be a bit more adventurous at the Grammys. But it's it's not that a lot of the dresses I was finding are like this is not for the Oscars. Like in twenty, thirty, forty, fifty years from now, when you look at those pictures, are you gonna think like, yes, that's classic, it's beautiful, it's timeless. Yeah. You have to think about these things. Amanda Seyfried looked amazing. Oh yes, beautiful. Mwah. Loved yeah, it. That was a great yeah. dress. Yeah. Good job, Amanda. But yeah, but Oscars. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Let's talk about a movie meet that wasn't nominated for Best Picture. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> but we are on season two. We did. Do you want to talk a little bit about what we're going to do, our back and forth, what the next 50 episodes are going to look like? Yes. So as mentioned before, the list this year looks a little bit different. So what we did in season one was we each compiled our own list. I made a list of 25 movies that I have never seen and wanted to. And Nadi made a list of 25 movies he'd never seen and wanted to. And we knocked them out each episode to give you season one. 51 episodes of how, I almost said how to stay alive. <laughs> I don't know the name of our podcast, but we gave you 51 episodes. <laughs> this season, we're doing things a little bit different. So I've compiled a list of 25 films that I want Nadim to watch. And Nadim has made a list of 25 films that he wants me to watch. Um, and then each week we're going to knock them out. Um, but it is a surprise to one another. So I've not seen Nadim's list and he's not seen mine. Um, and at the end of each episode, we will reveal what the next week is going to be. And slowly mm -hmm. we'll get that list down to another 50 episodes. Yeah. Yeah. So here is episode one of season one. And Mita made me watch the Veronica Mars movie. It's season two. Okay. Yes, it is. <laughs> 
<laughs> it is midnight, so <laughs> bear with me, but it is okay. season two. But uh, yes, Mitha's first choice for our first episode and my first movie was the Veronica Mars movie. I'm going to give everyone an IMDb breakdown. Here's the log line. Years after walking away from her past as a young private eye, Veronica Mars gets pulled back to her hometown just in time for her high school reunion in order to help her old flame, Logan Eccles, who's embroiled in a murder mystery. Samitha, yeah. talk to me about why this was your first choice for me. So my list for you is is a combination of a lot of different things. Like some of them are classic movies that I'm really like surprised and shocked that you haven't watched. Um, some of them are really like dumb, stupid <laughs> Disney movies that you're going to hate. And so I'm going to make you watch them. And then some of them are things that I just feel like, they, they, when you watch it, it's just like, oh, that's Mita. That's me. Yeah. Like, that's what I am. And so this is definitely one of them. And I wanted to start the season with something like light and fun, um, especially because I feel like we ended off last season with like a lot more heavier things. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just wanted something like fun to watch that you could kick back and, and hopefully enjoy. But I, I've loved Veronica Mars for a very long time. And so before we go into what you thought. I want to break down sort of like how this all happened, sure, how yeah. this movie was made. So Veronica Mars was a television show on the, Del- on sorry, on UPN and then the CW and it aired from 2004 to 2007. So the first two seasons were on UPN. It did not have a very large audience, but that's because it was on UPN. And then it was on the CW and that's when the WB and the UPN, they merged and they created the CW. Do you remember this time? I in your do. Life? Hmm. Okay, good. So I think it's probably one of the most underrated high school dramas. And I've watched it as a teenager and an adult, and I still think it stands up. I think there are a lot of things there I didn't get as a teenager, but I get as an adult. And so for that, I'm very proud of it. But yes, so it was on for three seasons, and then it was canceled. Before it was canceled, they had tried to do a fourth season. And their pitch for the fourth season was that we would just fast forward a few years. And Veronica is like a trainee at the FBI. And we follow her at like Quantico. Essentially the Priyanka Chopra show, Quantico. (laughs) Um, But the CW didn't go for that pitch. So it never happened. And so we were left with just three seasons. Um, And then from like the moment it was canceled, there was always some like internet hubbub about like making sure there's a movie. Let's get a movie name made. Um, And for a long time, they didn't do it because Kristen Bell wasn't making like blockbuster movies. She had like one in Rome, Couples Retreat, You Again, which are like all really bad movies. Um, And so I don't think the WB thought like, oh, yeah, Kristen Bell, like she's going to bring us in money. Yeah. And then she (laughs) little did did they know. Then she did Frozen. Is that what happened? Well, she did Forgetting no. Sarah Marshall. She did Forgetting Sarah Marshall, but I think that's more Jason Siegel yeah. than anything else. But they didn't think she could lead a film, and so they never had it made. So then Rob Thomas, who is the creator of Veronica Mars and Kristen Bell, went to Warner Brothers and was like, okay, what if we got the fans to pay for this? <laughs> what if we, we've come up with the money? Will you let us make this movie? And they're like, yeah, go for it. So they started a Kickstarter campaign, and that was in 2013. Mm-hmm. Um, March tw- March 13th, 2013, I wrote it down, <laughs> the Kickstarter campaign went live um, and their hope was to raise $2 million to make this movie. Nadim, 
How much money do you think it made in the first? I I read the IMDb trivia oh, on did? this, okay. so I... <laughs> in the first twelve hours of going live, it made the two million dollars, yeah. which is like insane. But the Kickstarter went on for an entire month, so for that entire month, it made five point seven million dollars yeah. for this to be made. And I, as a true Veronica Mars fan, am part of that two million dollars. I pledged $40 at the time, which was quite a bit for me because I was still working part-time at The Gap. (laughs) 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 And probably, like, at 2013, like, that's probably, like, $10 an hour, $11 an hour or something. But, yeah, I I pledged 40 of my dollars to make this movie happen. And just, I, I think you can tell by the smile on my face how happy and excited that makes me but yeah so they raised 5.7 million dollars and then we got this movie and so i just wanted to put that out there before we started to hear how you feel because i'm a little i'm a little worried (laughs) (laughs) so nadim tell me what did you like or didn't like about veronica mars the movie so I, I want to make it clear. I've never seen Veronica Mars. I know Veronica yeah. Mars was a show. I knew it had like a very loyal fan base. Like I knew, I didn't know the details about how the movie was made or anything, but I knew the Kickstarter. I knew it like fans raised the money. Like I knew certain things about it. And so, and I would have never watched this if mm-hmm. I'm being honest, because I've never seen the show. So I had no idea what I was getting into. And I made sure that it didn't read anything about the show. I wanted to watch this as if I knew nothing about the Veronica Mars world. So I kind of went in. And it's very clear that you have a very passionate feeling about this. Like you, it, it's it's more than just a piece of art. Like I think it's a part of who you are. I can see a lot of people identifying themselves in Veronica and like the situations. And so I can, I can kind of see for you. I'll say that like this was a fine movie. Like I didn't really, I didn't have anything to like dislike about it. I thought it was... It was entertaining. It was sharp. Christian Bell does have a lot of screen presence, so she, you know, is is entertaining to watch um, the whole time. So this is the third TV movie I'll call it that I've seen. So I've seen the Sex in the City movie. I guess I've seen <laughs> I've seen both of them. Uh, wow. I've seen Downton Abbey, and I've seen <laughs> this. So I've seen I saw the series is before I saw those movies. So I've seen Sex and the City before I saw the Sex and the City movie, and I watched Downton Abbey before I watched the Downton Abbey movie. And for those movies, I can say, you need to be a fan of these series before you watch this movie. Otherwise, there's no point. Like, I don't understand. As I love Downton Abbey. I really enjoyed watching it. But I have no clue who would sit there and watch this if you had no investment. If you'd never seen it If you'd never seen yeah. it. If you weren't invested in these characters, I could totally sit, picture sitting down being like, what is... Why am I watching this? Like, what is the big deal? So I didn't feel that way about Veronica because it was a story. It was like an interest. It was a murder mystery, which I think was probably the best way to go because there was a mystery there. I will say, though, it felt like an episode of TV. Yeah. And yeah, I walked away from that, too. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It felt like a long. It It felt like maybe I was watching two episodes of this show. And it was like shot and edited. It was a little maybe flat is the word mm-hmm. like it didn't have movies need a little bit more of like a punch like the stakes need to be higher in a movie because your time frame is so much shorter like this movie's an hour 45 minutes so you have an hour and 45 minutes to you know get your stakes going with a tv show you can build like you can build for a whole season of like 12 episodes before you get to season six i mean episode like 
six or seven where you suddenly kill someone and like yeah you've, you've built that tension this didn't build any tension I felt like a lot of things kind of felt a little not even haphazard but they were just flat is the word that's coming to mind well I found it really interesting watching it because the whole time I was watching it I was thinking to myself like how is Nadine gonna feel about this because like I know like having Gia seem like she's the one that committed this crime is interesting because I know Gia I know season two yeah. I know what happened there and like the whole time I was like but what like what's Nadine gonna feel like is he really gonna have that attention span towards all of this and like is this actually something that is interesting to him mm-hmm. my biggest question though is like are you compelled to now go and watch the series I will say that I can see the appeal of the series. I yeah. don't know if I would instantly go watch it right now, but I would say more so than it's hard to say because I've seen those series, but more so Downton Abbey and Sex in the City. This would make me want to go back more than those movies did. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I mean, like I, I, I for Sex in the City, I, I haven't seen Downton Abbey. Mm-hmm. I haven't watched the show or the movie. For Sex and the City, I can see that because the move, the first movie feels so much like a finale of like all the stories. So like, I don't know why you would want to go and then watch it. Like, it feels like, okay, like you just know what's happened in this person's life, whatever. Yeah. There's nothing there that's like, oh, I need to see when Carrie was dating big. I need to yeah. see. But also I, I hate Carrie, so that's probably why. <laughs> <laughs> I lost my train of thought. What were you saying? I was just saying how you, I would want to, I would maybe be more interested in seeing Veronica Mars as a series more than any series? other TV of those. show based on movies. Oh, well, that's nice to hear. Like, what did you like about it? <laughs> <laughs> Some of the dialogue's really pithy. It's really funny. It's cle- like, yeah. it's, it's cute. It's clever. There's clearly chemistry. It's, I will say this, it's very watchable. Like, I wasn't bored at any point. I wasn't like... I wasn't like, this is a waste of my time. I saw the appeal of it. And I can. I think my big thing is, is that while watching this, I could totally see how fans of the show would really like the film. Mm-hmm. Like, it really is doing fan service. Like, it's being made for the people who raise the money to do it. And I think that's totally, totally fair. I think, like... That was my... Sorry, go on. I was saying, that was my biggest takeaway from it. Like, after... I watched it twice because I watched it really early in the month and then I thought, oh, I should probably watch it closer to when we actually record this. But the whole time I was just like, oh, like, remember when you sat at your cube rushed home? I have to leave work early. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I was at work and I was on the Wi-Fi back then <laughs> and I was just like, can I please leave like 20 minutes early so I can catch an express bus and get home at a good time as opposed to having taking a bunch of buses. But really, I wanted to leave early so I could get home and pledge money to the Veronica Mars campaign. And like all that excitement and giddiness of like waiting for the movie to be made and then getting like your T-shirt and your stickers in the mail and like all that. It's like still rushing back to me and it's so fun and exciting. But as I was watching it, I was like, oh, like. There's a lot here that I wouldn't understand if I had never seen anything before. And, like, it's kind of a discredit to people who are blind to this. And so do you have any questions that you were like, I didn't understand this? I didn't need some clarification. This is probably my biggest criticism is that I didn't care enough to ask the questions. Yes. Like, I think while I was watching it, part of me, like, okay, there's a few things that I can discuss. I think that my biggest thing is how the movie ends with Veronica and Piz Paz Poos Piz Piz 
Piz. His their, last name is Piznarski. Their relationship flunking and her sleeping with Logan, who allegedly she has a very toxic relationship with, and the movie is trying to sell it like they're like meant to be. I think it instantly made me dislike her. And part of me knew I'm like, there's something here about the show that I'm missing. Like there's yeah. some there's history, there's chemistry, there's stuff like that. Cause if I'm watching this as a flat movie, like with nothing else, she's an idiot. She makes some terrible decisions <laughs> terrible in this choices. film. Terrible, terrible decisions in this entire film, like start to finish. And then in the end, doesn't even redeem herself. And you do need to, you need to know the show yeah. and know her history to like really understand those things. So like, if, can I spoil things for you? Yeah, like, I don't think, that? I don't think I would go back and watch it. Go back and watch it. Yeah. Okay. That was my biggest question is like, is this a compelling enough movie that someone who's never seen it will watch it? My other question though, that keeps coming to my mind is, is it worth it to have these fan movies and like to have these things out there? I think that's such a good question because like, so I, I just recently watched a Downton Abbey and I recently watched the movie and there's a movie coming out in December and I'll say I'm excited for it because I really did like Downton Abbey. I liked it. But while watching the movie, I was like, the things I liked about Downton Abbey in the show, I'm totally missing from the movie. It's the story. It's the chemistry of the characters. It's all of that in a movie that is two hours long versus a season that is 10 episodes that are an hour each long. Mm-hmm. How can you compare it's fair. Like, how can you compare can it to you that? Do that? With this one in particular, there was such a huge gap between the ending of the show and when this premiered. Because mm-hmm. the show ended in 2007 and this came out 2013 or 14. Mm-hmm. And so you, you have like seven years where you haven't seen this character. You don't know what's going on with them. And so it's nice to have that build up and it, it's nice to be reintroduced. But mm-hmm. Down Abbey didn't end that long ago. No, did the, it? The, the window's definitely a lot shorter. Okay. And then with with Veronica Mars case, though, this movie did come out and I think they finally saw like, okay, there is like an actual want for this. Like people are willing to donate their own money to have this made. And so Hulu came out with a season four um, a couple years ago. And how was it? it? So I, a lot of fans don't like it because something happens at the end of it that really like throws you for a loop and is kind of crazy. And like a lot of people who are, true like diehards of the show are just like no like i didn't want this this is not good i looking at it from the perspective of like rob thomas is trying to tell us a story and he's showing us this character and things that are going to go on in her life she's gonna she's not going to be the same high schooler that she was yeah in 2004 and i don't think a lot of the fans understand that and Mm -hmm. so like i can appreciate the direction that it was going to and i really want a season five because I think it ended off so interestingly, but there's so many people that are like, no, it was terrible. He ruined it that they're not going to do it, which kind of disappoints me. So it's this like battle as a creative of like, do you do what your fans like expect of you or do you go off the beaten track and do you do something that's a little bit different? Can I tell you what it is? Sure. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Okay. Spoiler alert. If you are a fan of Veronica Mars and have not watched season four on Hulu or you want to watch it in the future, just like um, fast forward or plug your ears at this time. But basically at the end of season four, they kill Logan. Oh, wow. Yeah. They kill Logan. And so at the start of season four, you hear Veronica talking with someone. And then by the end of season four, you realize it's her talking to a therapist and she's talking through everything that sort of led up to Logan's death because Logan's death has to do with something that she was looking into. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and so the person that like her antagonist throughout the the, the, se- the season, because it's just that one season, okay. winds up murdering Killing Logan. Him. And so it's kind of like a reset for her. And she needs, if you watch the TV show, she needs that darkness. She needs something to propel her in the first season. It's the death of her best friend, played by Amanda Seyfried. Ah, I noticed that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, a lot of actually really There cool was a people. lot of random people in the movie. A lot of happy endings people. Like, oh, yeah. Like, yes. Like, like Vinny Van Lowe. Yeah. Yes. Lots of people. But a lot of famous people. Melissa Leo is an episode of oh. Veronica Mars. Jessica Chastain is in an episode of Veronica oh. Mars. Yeah, there's a lot of cool people who, like, throughout the years yeah. were there. Um, Harry Hamlin and Lisa Rinna play Logan's parents. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, and they're they're my favorite part of it. But anyways, if you've watched those first few seasons, she needs something dark to really propel her and, like, to have her go. And so I thought it was really interesting for them to – what they did was they had, these, they had them get married, Veronica and Logan get married, and then, like, shortly after, he is killed. Okay. And so it's, like – I got chills just saying it out loud. Like, it was a lot to watch emotionally, and I think it would be really interesting to see where Rob Thomas wanted to go with that, especially because season four was a lot darker. Um, There were, like, sex scenes. It was raunchier. It was more adult because, like, that's what the audience should be at this point. We are adults. That's a very interesting point, yeah, because they were high schoolers when it started, and now as time has progressed, you have become an adult, and so, like, you're your taste and your interest and also like what you're where you are in your life should be different Mm -hmm. but is that what the fans expect as artistically i completely agree with what you're saying yeah completely but is that what the fans expect you are you the exception to the rule who me yes i am because all my friends that i know who did watch it are all very upset about this (laughs) and like are like they shouldn't have done that it's really bad how could they do that how could they give us something and then take it away and i was like that's life (laughs) in life you are constantly giving things and maybe like i've had different life experiences than those people but (laughs) in life you are constantly given things and they are constantly taken away from you and i think it is a very good reflection of like what it means to go be an adult and to be a human and i thought it was a really interesting route that he was trying to go into, but Hulu is not interested in a fifth season. But Kristen Bell has said she, no matter what, if she is asked to play Veronica Mars, she will do it. So wow. I guess she owes yeah. a lot to it. She must have a, like a strong connection to the character and the world. And it's a big part of who she is probably, probably. Well, I mean, $5 million, <laughs> like yeah. that's a lot of money. Yeah. Why are fans of Veronica Mars called marshmallows? <laughs> so in the first episode, in the pilot episode, Wallace and her, we meet Wallace in the first episode, like he's a new kid in the school. Mm-hmm. And she's kind of like, she's rough around the edges around him. And like, it takes a little bit for him to like, kind of get in there. And he goes, he calls her a marshmallow, essentially. But she's like, not a marshmallow, mm. but she is a marshmallow, though, because you do see, like, when she is close with people, she, like, makes Wallace snickerdoodles and things like that. Um, so that's why they're called Marshmallow and Marsh and Mars. And, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sure. So I guess you're not going to be a marshmallow anytime soon. <laughs> I don't think so. It doesn't seem like my type of show, which is totally fine. But I will say that at the end of this, I was very much like, okay, that was, that was. It's fun. The, yeah. It like, was easy. Yeah. It was an easy watch. Exactly. Which is, there's something to be said about that, that like not every movie should be serious and heavy. And this this is very, it's not a bad movie. This is a very much like, it's totally fine. Nothing wrong with this. I mean, it's not amazing. It's not amazingly written. 
it feels like episodes of a TV show. There's a lot of loose ends in the the, the plotting. Like I don't understand. Oh, like what? Like I don't understand why we have this whole subplot about the her friend who used to be in the the bike gang, why he gets shot and like that felt like a that so. felt like for the purposes of the the uh, the the Veronica Mars audience, not yes. the general audience. We will obviously want to see what's happening with Weevil. Yeah, <laughs> that's the guy who shoots yeah. her. But the woman he shoots, her name is Celeste Kane. And she was married to Jake Kane, and their daughter is Lily, who is her best friend who was murdered in the first season. Okay. And Celeste never liked Veronica, and in the first season, it was prob- it was because Celeste thought that her son Duncan, who used to be Veronica's ex-boyfriend, Celeste thought Veronica could possibly be the child of Jake Kane her- and oh. her mom, because they used to date. And so there was this, like, is Veronica and Duncan, are they brother and sister? And they aren't. So don't worry about it. <laughs> they didn't go. They didn't go that route. But there's just like a Celestine has a lot of hatred towards Veronica and Veronica has a lot of hatred towards her. Okay. And so that's why. And like we as a viewer hate Celestine. So that's why when we see her getting or shooting Weevil, it's like it's it's kind of shocking. Yeah, they don't sure. do a good job of explaining. There's things in this movie where I'm like, they if I was watching this blindly, yeah. I'd be like, why do I care about this person? Yeah, there was like a yeah. bunch of that. Like, why am I, I? I know I'm meant to care, but do I? Do I care? Yeah. Who are you? Who are you? Yeah. But. And then the television show always had this sort of like backstory of the the haves and the have nots, and sort of that dynamic in the town. And I think mm-hmm. they were trying to play to that a little bit as well. But like. Uh, they had this i forgot about the whole subplot of keith and um sax teaming up together to try to take down the sheriff's department yeah and then him almost getting hit by a car or getting hit by a car like yeah. i forgot about all of that when i was like watching it yeah, that was, was that like, was huh. a weird like hollow <laughs> subplot that lasted like two pages and then like moved yeah. on like there was a couple of things like that but i could again watch it and be like i can see i'm sure this has something it's important in the world of the show but it's mm-hmm. a, again in the standalone movie, and so for you, I can see how this is a part of it's a it's a piece in the part of the world. Yeah. For me, it's just it's a film, so I think our ratings and our feelings about this are are naturally going to be a little different. To be perfectly like, if I'm being honest as a viewer, I think you could totally watch seasons one, two, and three. You could skip the movie if you really wanted to, and mm. still watch four. There are some things in four that obviously we know because of the movie. Yeah. But you could possibly skip it, even though the movie tells you a little bit of how she kind of gave up sleuthing, yeah. which kind of brings me into my prequel sequel ideas. Yeah. Is like I don't love the idea that she gave up sleuthing. I don't think that's true. I think like every now and then. So the way the TV show was formatted was each season there was a big mystery. Mm-hmm. It was similar to Buffy. There's a big mystery throughout um, yeah. each season, but then each week it's a mystery of the week. Yeah. So like someone will come up to her and be like, Rock, I need your help. <laughs> um, <laughs> exactly like that. Like help me find my lost dog. Like yeah. things like that. That's an actual episode. <laughs> um, but uh, I really don't think she went, or I have just such a hard time believing she went that long yeah. without trying to solve something. But the way season three ended, so no, I won't go into, I won't bore you with all those details. I just want to talk about it all the time. It is a really interesting show. And I think I kind of want to make you watch it. That's also why I picked this movie. That's season eight. Where we watched Veronica. Should we be one of those podcasts? No, we're not doing that. 
<laughs> Dak Shepard started watching it when he started dating Kristen Bell. And he was like, why have I never seen this before? This is so good. Sure. But yeah, you said sequel prequel ideas. Yes. I kind of want to see what that time in her life was like. Oh, okay. What was she doing from the end of season three till the Between beginning them, yeah. of this movie? Yeah. Um, and what's happening there in terms of sequel like we have the season four and so i would like a continuation of that rob thomas if you're listening there are some people who understand what you were trying to do yeah try to get it made i'll donate money again if you want more money because we have a full-time job now yeah it'll be more than 40 (laughs) dollars but yeah those are my sequel prequel ideas nothing too too crazy there did you have any i didn't (laughs) know Thank Sorry. you for being nice. The whole time I was like, Nadim's going to hate this. I didn't hate I, w- I will say 100%. I guess now it's the perfect time to re- go into our ratings. Yeah. Um, but I think you should go first. It's your movie. You rate it. And then I'll, okay. I'll, I'll rate it after. So if you asked 2014 Mita what her rating for this was, like fresh out of seeing it in, at Silver City, <laughs> like sure. it would have been like a four and a half because I was just like wow. so <laughs> excited for it. This is this is 2014 Mita. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> like How old 23 is 20... years old. Okay. Yeah. She's a she's a little kid. Yeah. So I was just so excited. Like I got to give money to this. I got to yeah. see something get made. It had been seven years since the TV show was on, and like it was canceled very abruptly too. It wasn't known. So like we never really got an answer to a few things. And so it was nice to like get those answers, see these characters mm-hmm. again. She still has her charm and her wit, and she's still so fun to watch and, like, a fun, like, role model for a lot of young girls, too. But he still made her an adult, which I appreciated a lot from this movie. Um, And so it would have been four and a half right out of that Silver City Theater. But um, adult Mita (laughs) is going to give it a three out of five. Oh, wow. Okay. Because watching it, I... I'm glad that I made you watch this because I really wanted to see it from the perspective of somebody who has not watched mm-hmm. the TV series. And so I put myself into that mind frame of like, okay, let's take all the encyclopedic knowledge I have of Veronica Mars outside and like, let's just try to watch this movie. Yeah. And it is a, a mystery. It's a murder mystery, which is like fun. But there is a lot of problems in terms of like having that passion for the for the characters involved. Yeah. Like that's missing. And so... Like, even things like the the girl that's murdered, Carrie Bishop, mm-hmm. in the series, she was originally played by Leighton Meester. <laughs> Leighton Meester couldn't film this movie, and so that's why. And, like, the whole time you're watching it, I was just thinking, like, I wish this was Leighton Meester. Like, I think that would have been more fun. Yeah. And that is to say, had they had original characters, fans would be more compelled. And they don't even have that in this one. So why is somebody outside of being a fan going to be compelled by it? Yeah. So there are some problems there. A lot of the things, like, the subplots that are there are kind of unnecessary, and it is made for the fans, which is, like, lovely, but, like, does that make a good movie? Not really. So I'm going to stick with three, because in my mind, I'm like, oh, it's a six out of ten. Okay. Yeah. That's fair. I I feel very similar to you actually. Like I not that not that I walked out and I was just like four and a half stars. (laughs) That wasn't it. But I do feel like you know. I had that same, it's interesting, I had the same question in my mind. Is this an amazing movie? No. Does it need to be, though? What is the function that this movie is trying to serve? This movie is not Mm -hmm. trying to win an Academy Award. It's not trying to, it's really, this isn't trying to be art. 
Yeah. Right. It's not trying to really speak to us about something or, you know, be informative or be emotional. The function of this movie is to appease fans. So in terms of what it does, it's a five star because that's what it it's meant. It does what it sets out to do. And in many ways, the Sex in the City movie, regardless of what you think about it, if you are a diehard fan of that show, the Sex in the City movie is like everything you want it to be. It is the clothes. It's the, that's it. It's the clothes. That's it. It's the clothes. <laughs> well, it's the clothes. It's the characters. Big it's and the Carrie. Drama. It's the drama. It's big and I Carrie. I curse the day you were born. Yeah, all of that <laughs> crap. Like it's all of that. It's exactly what you expect it to be. So, you know, don't be surprised by it either. Like, don't yeah. go in expecting Citizen Kane and then be like, "What is this movie that's like the Wedding Planner?" Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's not. Yeah. It, that's exactly what it sets out to be. Me as a viewer. Having literally sat there, it was totally fine while I watched it. I didn't get bored. I wasn't, like, annoyed by it. I I really just watched it, and I was like, oh, okay. I was vested in the murder mystery. I was kind of like, ooh, who's it going to be? So I I enjoyed it, and for that, I'm going to go straight down the middle and give it two and a half stars. Two and a half. Okay, it's not as bad as I thought. No, I really, I didn't hate it. I really didn't hate it. I don't think I'll watch it again and, like, I, but I can see the I can see the merit of it. I can see what it's trying to be. One day I'll get you to watch the TV show. Maybe, maybe. Right I now, I think I will. We'll see. Right now you're in the Sopranos. I'm in the Sopranos. I'm almost done the Sopranos, so I mean, we'll see. I know the the sound of like a teen private eye. Like she says it at the beginning of the movie. It sounds corny. It sounds. No, stupid. it actually doesn't sound corny. Like she sets it up very well in terms of like I know. Like, I think, well, you're right. She says it, but it doesn't, to me, I'm not just like, oh, this is dumb. I'm kind of like, no, I can see, I can see why this would be interesting. And in the first season, she's like solving the murder of her best friend. She's trying to solve who raped her. Like, it's very, it's very interesting. So please watch Veronica Mars so we can get a season five, ladies and gentlemen. But yeah, yeah. that was episode one. Of oh my god, Season two. So in this season, season two, Mitha and I are not going to be doing Kevin Bacon because I think we out Kevin Bacon to Kevin Bacon. <laughs> but Mitha came up with a great movie, a movie game that we're going to play <laughs> that is actually going to tie together um, how we reveal what our next movie for next week is. Yes. And so the title of the game, I made a song. <laughs> it's called Different Characters, Same World. <laughs> okay. Continue. <laughs> the way this is going to work, let me figure out how I'm going to explain this. It's a little complicated in my brain. The way this is going to work is we want to reveal to one another what the movie they have to watch the next week is going to be. So Nadim is picking the movie for next week. He is going to list to me three characters in the film lexicon played by actors in the movie we are going to watch. So the example, first per se, is if we were doing Veronica Mars, you have Kristen Bell, who is in it, and she plays Princess Anna. You have, I mean, there's not very many famous people in this movie. You have um, Tina Majorino, who plays Deb in Napoleon Dynamite. Um, And you have, who else is in this movie? Jamie Lee Curtis, who plays, who plays, what's her name in Halloween? Lori, right? Yes, Lori. Lori, whatever her last name is, yeah. in Halloween. So Nadim would say the characters are Princess Anna, Deb, and Lori. So in my mind, I have to think, okay, what's a movie that has Princess Anna? Okay, that's Kristen Bell. 
what? Ah, uh, Deb. Deb is from Napoleon Dynamite, and Lori is from Halloween. Oh, it's Veronica Mars. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think so. I, I feel think like as we play it, it, as we play yeah. it, I think it'll make a little bit more sense. I'm gonna give Mita three characters. Yeah. And those three characters have been played by people in the movie we're watching next week. Mita has a m- one minute to guess what the movie is. We only have one minute? Yeah, we can't. Oh. Uh, <laughs> okay. What, you thought we were going to be like a half hour to figure this I out? I felt like two minutes is fair. No, but okay. one minute. Okay. Samita. Yeah. Your characters <laughs> are. Oh, and we should clarify. It can be three characters played by the actors or a character from one of the movies directed by the director yeah okay and we will let the person know if it's a character from a director but yes that one of those characters is from a director so okay. i'm letting you know mitha yes. one of these characters is from the director mm-hmm. okay 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 so here are your three characters okay jack torrance okay rosemary woodhouse okay and bonnie parker and your timer Starts now. Bonnie Parker is Faye Dunaway. That's correct. And Bonnie and Clyde. Yeah. Is it Network? No. Oh. Rosemary Woodhouse. Woodhouse. The only Woodhouse I can think of is like Emma Woodhouse, but I don't think there's a Rosemary in there. Is is there a movie with Faye Dunaway and Mia Farrow? You're forgetting. I gave you a third one, too. Jack Torrent is that? Oh, is it um, is it Chinatown? Yes, <laughs> Chinatown. <laughs> Chinatown stars Jack Nicholson, Jack Torrance, uh, Faye Dunaway, Bonnie Parker, and is directed yeah. by Roman Polanski, who made Rosemary's Baby. So we are watching Chinatown. My first, Chinatown. my first pick for you, Mitha, is Chinatown, and I'm not going to go into why. Because okay, I want you to we'll watch talk about it. That next week. Yeah, we'll talk okay. about it next week. There we go. But yes, I'm very excited for you to see the Chinatowns. Did I do it in a minute? Yeah, you did. It was like 40 oh, seconds. Okay. Yeah, good for you. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I did give you easier ones. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I have some movies where I'm just like, I have. You, there's zero way you're going to figure this out. But we'll play the game anyway. We'll figure it out. Yeah. We'll figure On it our out. way. Yeah. But yes. Oh, so exciting! So Chinatown. Exciting. Chinatown. Ooh. But that's next week. Before we get there, Mita, do you have some parting words for us? I do. We were shooting some of our usual leg erotica. It's a good line. I liked it. It is a good line. Some of the lines in this were really funny. I did. I appreciate it. I feel like you like Logan. (laughs) Uh, I couldn't get the sex appeal of Logan. Part of me was just like, could you not find a hotter actor to play this guy? Oh, you haven't seen Logan with his shirt off. So, and like that's actually when they're in high school, he actually looks like a typical high school guy, which is like great. That's what yeah. I've always loved about this show. It's like they're not extremely it's not 90210. Yeah. Yeah. But then season four, Logan, and then that actor specifically on iZombie mm-hmm. with his shirt off. He's oh. also a Scientologist, so. Oh. Mm. <laughs> and his dad is the creator of Neopets. Fun fact. So he's loaded. <laughs> All right, my friends, thank you so much for listening. Please like, subscribe, share, and rate and review. And we will see you next week for Chinatown. Have a lovely week, friends. Bye. Thanks for listening to Movies to Watch Before the End of the World, sponsored by no one. 
You can follow us on Instagram at movies to watch pod, on Twitter at movies the number two watch pod, on the TikTok at movies to watch pod, or send us an email at movies to watch pod at gmail.com. As always, keep your pants on and don't forget to smell the Kevin Bacon. <laughs>